Welcome to Emerge, and this is our podcast. Emerge is a place where we're all about raising champions fully devoted to Christ. We want to say thank you for joining us today. We hope that this message encourages and uplifts you. Enjoy the message. I'm going to be continuing on our series. This is actually part four. It feels, it feels weird that we've been talking about this for four weeks already. Um, and I will be coming, uh, my, well, it took me a while to choose this topic, but I'll be talking about unbroken. Unbroken. Dictionary meaning of that is not broken. So, unbroken, not broken. Amen. Healing and recovery for a broken heart can be very tough. I know we've been talking about what it takes to, you know, be in a relationship. We've talked about culture. We've talked about, you know, relationship with God. We've talked about, um, I mean, I think PJ talked about even attitude, you know, things that, you know, we would expect to hear about, you know, when we're talking about, you know, he talked about attraction even, and talk to the men, talk to the women, very open, authentic, and real. And um, I, don't preach like, I don't preach like PJ, so I'm just going to say right now, don't expect PJ style from me. I'm just going to do my best. Um, but today, I'm, I'm going back to our hearts, it's all well and good for us to come and talk about what it means to be in a relationship or, you know, how to have a successful relationship, a godly relationship. But what about the fact that many of us have been in relationships? And when I talk about relationships right now, I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about many relationships from the time you were born up to when, where you are now. Being brokenhearted doesn't only happen when you're dating someone. There are some things that happen in our history, in our lives, that already make us feel broken, feel damaged, feel like you don't even have what it takes to be in a relationship or to look forward to a relationship. Your model of relationship isn't great. The relationship of your parents didn't give you a good model. Maybe family members, you, you watch them, you observe them. It wasn't a great model. Maybe somebody had even told you that you're not wife material or they told you you're not husband material. People have said all kinds of things, disappointed you when you've tried to open your heart and given people a chance. You've been hurt, you've been bit down. Words, actions have just torn you down. I mean, when we talk about broken relationships, word like bro- broken up, comes up, right? That's a kind of weird word. Did relationship end there? Why do we have to use the word broke up? It just feels very damaging somehow. In my, when people talk about the end of a relationship, they say, oh, we broke up. Or they say, we split up. Oh, I don't know. Those images just, they don't look good in my head when I think about that. And of course, you know, if, if someone has been married, or I, I wouldn't even assume that anyone here aside from those of us who are currently married, haven't been married before. So I'm just going to 
also go there. Some people have gone, are going through a separation. Some people have gone through a divorce. Now, all of these words, in one way or the other, point to brokenness. Brokenness. But in Proverbs 4, verse 23, Proverbs 4, 23, the Bible says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. I think God was just trying to tell us that we should do all we can to protect our heart. Because he knew there were things that were going to happen in our lives that would make us feel that heart basically almost ripped out of our chest. God knew that there will be things that, there will be decisions that will be made that will impact your heart so much that every other issue of your life after that damage was going to be impacted. He said, out of that heart comes the issues of life. How many people have heard of people who went through a really bad breakup or really bad experience, either abuse from childhood or, you know, went through very terrible situations and then end up in very similar situations in their adulthood. So they were abused and then they become either the abuser or they find themselves in relationships where they are abused again. A repeated circle, domestic violence. They grew up all around domestic violence, saw their parents you know, fight all the time, dad hit the mom, whatever. Basically, maybe even told themselves they would never end up in a relationship like that. And then they end up in the exact same situation. Because patterns repeat. When things aren't broken, when patterns aren't broken, some families, it's history. You can even go back to your grandmother, your great-grandmother. It's been domestic violence the whole way. Or people not staying in marriages. Or people not getting married on time. Or abuse. It can be a circle. But God is saying, I am there for you. I'm here to heal that broken heart. I'm there to heal that broken heart. A broken heart can feel very heavy. It feels laden with sadness, with fear. A broken heart doesn't feel great. We're talking about relationships. Some people are like, that's the last thing on my mind. Like, I don't even care to think about being with someone else. Forget it. I know people who've been through a lot of things, and they basically hate any member of the opposite sex. I even know people who've chosen an alternative lifestyle because of what they've been through. And for me, both professionally and personally, when I talk to people who have been through a broken heart, it feels like even listening sometimes to the stories, it's like I don't even know where to start. Like, it's not in my power to help heal that broken heart because I can't. But there's one person who can, and that's God. In the book of Psalms 34, verse 18, Psalm 34, verse 18, it says, The Lord is near those who have a broken heart, and he saves those who have a contrite spirit. He's near. He's never left your side. When you were in that situation, you probably thought nobody else was there for you. You probably thought it, it was over. 
if you got treated this way, if you experienced this thing, then it just means that there's no hope for you. But I'm here to tell you that there is, because you have a God who's never left your side. He's by your side. He's ready to heal. Guess what? He created that heart. God created that heart, and he's ready to heal it and make it whole again. What are some of the things that lead to a broken heart? I'm just going to mention a few. You know, lack of trust. Some people have felt cheated. They've experienced infidelity or whatever else. Those things lead to the end of a relationship. Different expectations. You went into the relationship with one expectation, but what you're seeing in it is different from what you thought you were going to get out of it. Low self-esteem. I think this is major. If you go into a relationship hoping that someone else will validate you and make you feel good about yourself, I can almost guarantee you, you'll be disappointed. Because the person you're going to meet to validate you needs validation himself. That lady that you're hoping will give you that attention needs attention herself. So if you can't take care of you and find your own identity and be comfortable in who you are, someone else is not going to do it for you. Someone else is not going to do it for you. So when we talk about low self-esteem, some people t- say, oh, I don't, I, I don't look as great as my friends, or all my friends when we go out together, you know, guys talk to them, or they would say hello to them, or like I, I have guy friends that they can talk to any girl that they want, but me, it takes me a lot to even approach anyone. You know, there's comparison, you feel like in your, in your private moments, you feel like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't have what it takes to attract the kind of person that I want. I don't have what... So you find yourself in the kind, wrong kinds of relationship because someone says hey to you, you're like, hey back, let's go. <laughs> it's like, oh, I've been on this campus for four years. Nobody said hello to me. And somebody did? Okay. We don't have much value for ourselves. So you just go into whatever kind of relationship. And you know the irony of it is, it can also be on the flip side also. There are some people that have too much confidence in what they think they have. They think they're too pretty, they're too handsome, anything they want they're going to get. I hate to bust your bubble. Most of the people that I know who are married, settled with good men now, or men who have beautiful wives, are not physically attractive. The physically attractive ones are still looking because they're sometimes too confident in what they've got, right? And then it's like, you are, because they have too much attention. Sometimes that, that in and of itself can prevent you from getting into the right kind of relationship because it's about how you look or what you have to offer, your money, your education, your job. It's not about who you are on the inside. Like PJ said, it's not about your possession. It's about your position in God. Okay? So low self-esteem. There's also poor communication. Sometimes it's like we can't talk well to each other. You're either verbally aggressive or things aren't being said, miscommunication here and there. And then abuse. Abuse. I won't even go into that (laughs) because we can talk about all that all day. So when God says he's near those who are brokenhearted, he's basically saying that even in your darkest hour, when your heart is heavy, he's there for you. 
So why is it that we have so many broken-hearted Christians? Why do we have so many people who still feel broken? Even to this day, so many brothers and sisters carry baggage, carry loads, carry things that even if they found the right person, is going to mess up that next relationship. Because they're bringing all of their stuff into their new relationship. And sometimes people become cynical. They become jaded. Being there, done that. I opened my heart, I let my guard down, and someone messed me up. Once beaten, twice shy. Not gonna happen again. So I'm just gonna talk about someone in the Bible, just real quick, and that's Joseph. Joseph the dreamer. He was one of Jacob's son. And the Bible actually talks about the fact that his father loved him more than his other brothers. And of course, as you can imagine, that him make him the favorite of his brothers. And so they did all they could. First of all, his dad gave him this pretty coat, coat of many colors. And then, while he was going to help his brothers, they decided, oh, so you think you can get our dad's love and attention, and all of us are second-rate citizens. We're going to show you what we've got. And the plan was actually to kill Joseph. But thank God for mercy and the brother that had a heart that said, okay, let's just throw him into a pit. And then he was sold into slavery in Egypt. So when we talk about the story of Joseph, we talk about all the good things sometimes that happen, but we don't talk about how many times his heart was broken by the people that he thought loved him. I mean, can you imagine being betrayed like that by your brothers? As in being left for dead, being sold away from money by your brothers. He had so many broken heart moments between the coat his dad gave him and the throne that he got in Egypt. He was beaten, he was sold, and even when he thought, okay, finally, I'm not under the clutches of my brothers, I'm in a good place, you know, he's the chief person in Potiphar's house, what happens again? Someone else comes and what? Betrays him. Lies on him, Potiphar's wife says, oh, he tried to rape me. That was another disappointment. And then, now in prison. Then he gets to prison. Things are looking up. He's the favorite prison person. <laughs> He's in charge of other people. I mean, this guy just was one of those people that had, you know, setbacks, and then things would get good, and then step back again. How many people can relate to that? Always feels like you take one step forward, you get knocked down three steps backward. That was Joseph. Then he helped two people in the prison with their dreams. Helped them interpret it. These were people that were basically like his friends. And said, okay, I've helped you. When you get out there, help me back. And for many years was forgotten. Again, another disappointment. Until God remembered him. Because even though people forgot him, even though people betrayed him, God never left him. 
God was near to him the whole time. And he found himself in the palace. From the pit to prison and to the palace. Now, I think one of the hardest things is to be face to face with the people who betrayed you. There are some of you now, if your ex walks in this room, you're like, the Holy Spirit will fly out of you in two seconds. You're going to want to shoot the person. Or the person who abused you, if they walk in this room right now, it's over. Your Christian life will take a break. And the gangster in you will come alive. And Joseph had to go through this. He was in charge of food. And his brothers, the ones who threw him in a pit and wanted to kill him, show up. He could have messed those people up. He had the power (laughs) to mess them up big time. But he didn't do that. I mean, he was hurt. He was betrayed. And I think he even tried to play games with them. Kind of a little bit to see where they are. (laughs) You know? But ultimately, he forgave. And that's what makes Joseph's story beautiful. Is that even though his heart got broken many times, family, boss, friends, he forgave over and over again. He kept God's law at the forefront of his mind. Because if God had done so much for him, then why should he hold all those grudges? against those people. So he decided not to, I think it's a decision to not be hurt, to not feel broken. Joseph made that decision that yes, I've been hurt, but I'm gonna do something about it. Because guess what? Hurt people hurt people. When you continue to feel hurt, you're gonna be the monster that you thought other people were you will hurt someone else. Sometimes not intentionally, but because you've not let go of that hurt, you will hurt someone else. Amen. So how do you heal from a broken heart? How do you heal from a broken heart? Number one, allow yourself to believe that God sees you. He loves you and he hears you. Allow yourself to believe that God sees you. That visibility that you're looking for, God sees you. That love that you're looking for in all the wrong places, he loves you. And he hears you. You're looking for listening ears. Why don't you talk to the father that you have? Tell him everything that is a burden in your heart. In your private space, open up to him. Cry out to him. He hears you. What you do in secret while nobody is seeing, in the open you will see manifestations. That's the God that you serve. So you first have to believe 
that he can do all of those things for you. God doesn't love like humans do. Humans love with conditions. If you do this, if you can do that, if you really love me, then you will sleep with me. If you really love me, then you would do this for me, pay my bills. If you really love me. Yeah. We know. We know how these things go. There are conditions to all this love. But God's love is unconditional. And guess what? We've all failed the test from the day we were born. So we're not even deserving of it. But he still loves us. That's the kind of God that we have. Now, if you don't believe that in your heart of hearts, then you'll be looking for love. You'll be looking for visibility. And you'll be looking for ears where you shouldn't be. Amen. Number two, like Joseph, forgive those who have hurt you. The definition of forgiveness does not have forgetting in it. Now, I know it's a common thing to say forgive and forget, but forgive is an entity on itself. Forgetting is one thing on its own. Okay? But forgiveness is choosing to forgive and let go of the hurt, even when the other person doesn't deserve it. You're choosing, not because of merit, not because the person has done anything. Sometimes, even when they should apologize, they're not apologizing. But you're not forgiving for them. You're forgiving for you. Because while they've gone on with their lives, they're dating other people, they've moved on, they're doing other things, you're sitting back. You're being held back because you've not let go. Forgiving is not forgetting. Forgetting is another thing. Now, forgetting requires wisdom. Because forgetting says, when I see you, I'm not going to let you mess up my atmosphere. Right? But, if I see those traits, those red flags on somebody else, I've learned my lesson. I will not allow somebody else. So you don't forget what they did in that sense because you still have to protect yourself to make sure you don't fall into that trap again. But like I said, forgiveness is a choice and forgetting also is another choice. Amen. The third thing, leave your baggage behind. Come unto me, all you who are heavy. Put your burden on me. Don't carry the baggage yourself. God says, come unto me and I will give you rest. How can you have rest when you're carrying so much on your shoulders? You may be young, but some of you have gone through so much in just a few years that you've lived. Some of you, if, I, if you start to say your stories, we're all going to leave here today. I know. And those stories, yes, they happened. We acknowledge that it did. But please, don't put that on somebody else. They didn't do that to you. And if you want the chance to be happy and to have the kind of relationship God wants for you, 
you can't bring all of that stuff into this new relationship. And I saw a quote online, I don't know who wrote it, but I really liked it. It said, don't let the one who did not love you keep you from the one who will. Don't let the one who did not love you keep you from the one who will. So when you carry burdens and baggage around, that's what you're doing. You're letting some messed up person in your past, some family member, some ignorant person, you're letting them keep you from someone who will love you, who will take care of you, who will cherish you. And number four, seek a relationship with God. Let him into your pain. Seek a relationship with God. I don't mean to be spooky spiritual, but let me tell you, that's the best relationship you could ever have. Your spouse, whoever you get married to, can never, never fill the void if you don't have God in your life. No, they can't. And you know, God can restore anything. God is the God that heals the broken heart. Psalm 147 verse 3. It says, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. So you want to have a relationship with the great physician. He's the only one who can heal it. And he's the only one that can bind your wounds. So have a relationship with him because somebody else can't heal your broken heart. Sometimes they themselves are broken. So go to the one who can heal that broken heart. There are promises in the Bible. 1 John 4 verse 18. 1 John 4 verse 18. It said there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. So the one who fears is not made perfect in love. Some of you, you're approaching your future with fear. In fact, some of you, when you think, when the word marriage or relationship comes about, it's fear. But perfect love comes from who? God. That's the only perfect love. And when you have him in your life, he casts out all of that fear. And he makes you perfect. He will cast out all of that fear and he'll make you perfect. Before I end today, I just want to share a quick story. I, my sister... My immediate younger sister, she's a twin. And she met this guy maybe like seven years ago and started this relationship with this person. Now, I hate to say it, but when she told me about this guy, I said, girl, run. She said, no, he's this, he's that, he's this, he's that. She was all blinded by love and all that nonsense. So... <laughs> As her sister, I tried. I, I really did. But see, you can't tell someone who is heading into a flame. Sometimes you can't pull them back. They got to choose what they want. So my prayer was, Lord, reveal who this guy is to her so she can move on. So she ended up being in a relationship with this guy for six years. 
Now, one of the things that was impacting my sister, and this is, you know, family stuff. When you have a sister and we're the only two girls, she compared herself with me. My sister is, she's a medical doctor, well accomplished, but for whatever reason, and I see a lot of us do this with friends too, she believes that since I found someone early and I got married early, that that should be her story. And I told her too many times, my story is not your story. You gotta choose your own story. Long story short, six years later, unknown to us in our family, this guy had been very emotionally abusive. When I say that, what I'm basically saying was, he was someone who put her down so much that after six years, she basically didn't have a self-esteem. And when things were going to get out of hand, she ended it herself because that was my prayer. And what made her end it was when he insulted her family. Basically, my family. And she was like, okay, that's the last straw. Everything else she had taken for six years. And then finally, she was like, okay, I'm done, six years. But at this point, her twin was already married. So she felt really bad. She was like, I'm about 30, I'm not married. You know, she's accomplished things career-wise and all of that. And then she went for her residency. And I told her, I said, God is the one who redeems time for us. He said, all the years that the caterpillar has stolen, he's going to restore. And I told her, you lost six years, but in six months, God is going to give you someone else. And she looked at me, how is that possible? I'm so busy with residency. I don't go out. I don't have a social life. Nobody's going to find me. Da, 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 da. Told me all the reasons why it was impossible. But see how God works? My mom sent something to her. And the person that he sent, I mean, she sent, brought it over to her. And guess what happened? He had, his last name was the first name of our ex. So she reacted violently to him because of that past trauma of that other person. But guess what? That was what opened up the conversation and like I told her in less than six months God gave her this guy who basically just came and changed everything for her God is a God of restoration she's getting married next month it took six years for someone else who was not even ready to settle down. And God brought someone who was ready, who had everything she needed from the get-go, who could love her the way she needed to be loved. Less than a year later, she's getting married. So I know for a fact that God is not a God of disappointment. You may think it's over. You may think you don't have a chance. You might think that Everything is stacked up against you. But I'm here to tell you, God is a God of restoration. He's a God of love. And he's a God of healing. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those of you who give to our service. 
It is because of you we are able to spread the gospel and touch the souls of young adults. If you'd like to give, you can do so on our app, Emerge Champs, or go to our website, www.emergechamps.org. We pray you have a blessed week and see you next time. Bye.